0: Welcome to the Saints Crown Show. This is a show for men who want to grow. In a world where confusion is the culture and passivity is the practice, we exist to take men from gaining massive clarity to taking massive action because we believe that if we can help bring order to your life, you can bring order to your world.
1: Welcome back to the Saints Crown show, where we are diving into part two of the top 10 cultural lies on masculinity. Let's dive in.
0: Let's, let's move on to the next one. We have one, two, three, four, five, five left. Here we go. Um, why don't you read it?
1: Ruggedness is an old, outdated virtue.
0: What do you mean by that? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ruggedness is an yeah. old, outdated virtue. 1901 Vladimir Lenin wrote something very interesting. Um, uh, A writing that's entitled how to destroy the West. Mm. Some interesting things I would encourage you to look that up if, if, uh, if you have uh, some interest, but some of the things were get them interested in sexy books get their mind focused on trivial things such as sports and plays and then also one of the things he wrote down was destroy ruggedness as a virtue Mm. and the truth is in context of civilizations Vladimir Lenin was not stupid yes evil but not stupid but ruggedness is the last virtue to fall before a civilization collapses Wow and the idea of it and and ruggedness might be a synonym to a degree for masculine masculinity, Mm. the capacity to provide, to protect, and to play and to perceive. It's happened in from Babylon, is the the men became more feminine and drunken and sexually active happened in Rome, the men became more feminized and sexually active more drunken it's happened in every civilization before the collapse Mm -hmm. and if if they whoever they may be can destroy ruggedness as a virtue then it's not something to be pursued and if it's not something to be pursued or looked after then what happens to our young boys yeah what happens to the next generation if it's no longer if it's no longer desirable to be a man then what what, what masculine or a rugged then what then what do we be mm. what are we then yeah what do you think well
1: in and what i'm thinking about is as a society we have become pretty soft because for the most part, we've been in a very peaceful state uh, for quite a while. Mm. And so we haven't had to be drafted and Mm. and go to a war. We haven't had to fight world wars or experience that our generation hasn't. And so the lack that that comes with, I think naturally removes that virtue Mm. to one degree. Right, and then I think there's also this thought process that you know, even just culturally, the attack of oh well, you know that's just like a like a an old man's way of processing through something, or you should be more not as like a like a hard man, like you should be uh, more soft and receiving and loving and kind. Uh, Which is true, but there's also this, like, this, like you're saying, like this virtue um, that as men, like we're 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 built, and we have the capacity to carry. I don't even know if ruggedness is even the right word, but like we have the capacity to operate in crisis situations that Mm.
0: require us to be rugged does that Mm. make sense so what i'm hearing you say is to a degree that ruggedness is the capacity to operate in crisis yeah wow yeah so if ruggedness if the capacity to operate in crisis is no longer a virtue then yes we have a bunch of people that don't have the capacity to operate in crisis well and i think our culture
1: idolizes leadership Mm. and even just a leadership capability is being willing to like get in the trenches get in the mud get dirty like be rugged, like get in there with the team to make things happen. Um, I know it's kind of like a tangent into leadership, but it's true. Like as men, we have to be willing to do whatever it takes mm. to jump into the crisis in order to bring order to it. And but we have to know that like it's it's God given. Like it's mm. a God given ability yes. inside of us mm. to be able to operate in ruggedness mm. in order to essentially bring order and peace Mm. and the release of the tension Mm. excellent excellently articulated let's move on to next one so men who have the capacity for violence are dangerous Mm. have you heard that? I have heard that yeah Mm. I think over the last few years we've seen violence take over our cities, violence take over um of these different situations and so violence is being amplified and also being contributed to uh, yeah. an attack on masculinity that mm. this is this is men's fault it's our problem that mm. we've created mm. because we're violent yes
0: violent individuals mm. Mm. that's interesting men who have the capacity for violence are dangerous so if we believe that cultural perspective then number one, we will not take up or grow in that capacity. Mm -hmm. And number two, we will look down upon those who do and are, Mm -hmm. which is also destroying the perspective around the idea of ruggedness. Yes. Right. The myth is what I believe men who have the capacity for violence are dangerous. But I believe that the truth is, men who have the capacity for violence keep dangerous men at bay. Mm. Is why why is it that the shooters and those who shoot and attack innocent people attack soft targets? Yes, right. When there are those who have the capacity for violence, violence in in between those people, violence seems to not happen quite as often is interesting
1: yeah i mean we even see this on the attack on our amendment rights for carrying guns for um being able to protect ourselves and family units and there is this intentional attack to remove those things uh so that we ultimately don't become dangerous and and make
0: people (laughs) afraid to defend themselves yeah
1: like it the 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 weapons are not the problem right it's a people problem right. But unfortunately it's uh, being treated as a symptom of yes. a deeper rooted issue yes and the moment that that right is gone uh, you now no longer have the ability to like the enemy is always gonna find a way to have uh-huh. weapons yes and so if you have an intruder that yes. comes into your house with a weapon that they out on the black market or whatever yes. and we no longer have the ability to protect ourselves with weapons yes
0: yes what do you do what or, can you do yeah. so that that goes down to the question is is like okay from a father's perspective now this happened in in 2020 for me is a lot of the work i was doing was in downtown of a large city mm-hmm. and i had a you know, six-month-old daughter and things started to get a little shaky yeah Some things began to happen. There was rioting, some looting beginning to happen. And all of a sudden, something on the inside of me kicked on that I didn't necessarily have previously was, wow, okay? Even with the context of defund the police Mm -hmm. is, who is responsible for the protection of my wife and children? Mm. Is it the police? Yes or no? no? No. If something were to happen to my daughter, my wife, my son, who is responsible. The truth is that's me. Yeah. That's me. Like I'm responsible for that. Not only to my earthly domain, but also to my creator. It's not a police officer or a teacher or anybody else. The the buck stops with me. So I need to ensure that I have the capacity to protect, Mm. to protect. And that's whenever I, I began to train, uh, train very intentionally and and begin to take up jujitsu, and you know kind of the idea you know philosophy behind how can I become a little bit harder to kill because the harder I am to kill, <laughs> the harder it is gonna be to kill my my family yes. or hurt my family. Yeah. So how can I become a little harder to kill? So and this is really easy. So you might think like, <laughs> okay, do I have to like train and become a stinking Navy SEAL? Right. Um, not necessarily. OK, because most of the time when you're defending yourself against someone, it's not going to be against a Navy SEAL. It's going to be against a crook, mm-hmm. a coward with a gun yes. or or knuckles or whatever. So so think of it this way is all you have to do is and it doesn't take a lot of time, like th- in context of um, martial arts or self-defense. You just get yourself in the top 10 percent. Yes. OK, because, again, these Navy SEALs and, and these guys, these are in the top two. Right, you don't have to be in the top two. You just got to be in the top ten percent. Which means, if we throw down nine times out of a ten, nine times out of ten, I'm I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have, more knowledge or understanding of how to, yeah, to handle the situation in context of shooting. All you have to be do is be in the top ten percent. Is shoot shoot better, more proficiently, more confidently than, than uh, um, uh, nine out of ten people. So that's not very hard to get to. Yeah. It's not very hard to get to at all. So wh- what that ha- what happens is when you develop those skills and those traits, it puts in a, a calm confidence. And also, once you have that calm confidence, for some reason, bad guys are attracted to insecurity. Mm. And, And so it's like, do we have weapons so that we use them? No, we have weapons so that we don't have to use them. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Because if we didn't have weapons, we would have to find them to use them. Yeah. So, that's the concept. Is yes. I believe that men who have the capacity for violence keep dan- dangerous men at bay. Mm.
1: So, I love that. I think I think a lot of these um, these cultural lies are really rooted in responsibility. And even when I was just thinking, as you were talking. Um, that we have the capacity. It's not even really like a capacity for violence. It's like, it's a capacity to defend and protect Mm, mm. is really what it is. And that's inside of every man. Mm. And so, um, yeah, just the thought of that. This is a natural responsibility for us. And I loved your perspective on, it's not the police's responsibility to protect. And I think as, as a society in a whole, we've really, we've pushed responsibility for a multitude of different things, protection, schooling of our children, mm. um, to some extent, our spiritual life to yeah. churches. Um, there's this in the, in the name of convenience, we abdicate responsibility in mm. all of these different areas of our mm. life. Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow. Well. Yeah. We have three left, all right, all through, yes, fatherhood is optional, oh. man. I immediately am thinking about what we were talking about earlier, just about fatherlessness and um how that's caused a multiple generations of women to have to rise into roles and responsibilities that um that really they not that they weren't designed for, but that they shouldn't have to fill because there's been an absence of fathers Mm. in a large percentage of our, specifically the Western world, like our country. It's the highest, I think across, you know, the, the world, Mm. um, Western societies having
0: higher levels of fatherlessness. Yes, Yes. It's, um, I've seen statistics on that, and they're staggering. Fatherlessness is optional, which kind of insinuates that you can sire children, but you don't have to be responsible for them. Right. When the truth is, is fatherhood is your responsibility. And I do believe, someone might be listening, oh, I'm not a father, I don't have kids. I do believe that whether or not you have children... Your responsibility is to bring up children. Yeah. You to, to there, because there are so many orphans out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So if you don't have children, you still should be fathering and mentoring yes. and
1: pouring into other people. Um, it's really that, like, from the Bible's perspective, really the discipleship model. Mm. Like, we should always be in that discipleship
0: uh, mode. Yes. You know, in in scripture, this was this shifted my worldview quite significantly. I think twenty eighteen when 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 uh, when I really understood the revelation of the some of the tension in the early churches. We have many many teachers, but we have very few fathers. Mm. Is fathers are better than teachers? Yeah, better to be a father than a great teacher. Yes, we need fathers.
1: Yeah, again. And it impacts our relationship with the Father. Mm. And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, the lack of having a Father yes. impacts the way we view God, we see God, um, and ultimately how we can receive from God because the model here on earth in the natural is supposed to be a reflection mm. of the supernatural model of like our relationship with the Lord. And so our country was founded on Christian values. Mm. And now we are in a post Christian era, Mm. which is mind blowing that the original founding fathers of our, of our country founded our country on Christian values. And that was something like we, we fled Europe for religious freedom Mm. and now We live in a post-Christian society that doesn't value that. And now that we have lack of fathers, we have a lack of relationship Mm. with our spiritual father. Mm. And so um, the two are directly connected to each other.
0: Mm. That leads right into the next one, number nine. To be a dad Mm. is to be a joke. Yeah, and we see this like...
1: We shows. grew up on this, didn't we? Yeah, like dad. Oh, there's dad again. Like every and it dad started was off as like these like comedy moments, and like I thought a, it was funny as yeah. a kid. Like we joke about it and we laugh about it and we see it in shows. But like the heart behind that, sure, was to plant seeds of doubt, mm.
0: which we didn't know at the time. Yeah, yeah. All the dads of the sitcoms were idiots. Yeah, s- stupid, dumb. Yep. Watch TV, absent, not really there. Yes you know, yes. was sent in for discipline moments, maybe. Right. So. And the brunt of the jokes. And so even the idea of, right, a dad bod. Yeah. Is that positive or negative? <laughs> what does that bring into your mind, right? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> there is this idea that to be a dad is to be a joke. Yeah. Uh, what do you think on that? Um, I think it's sad because... The truth
1: of that is that to be a dad is to be a steward Mm. and to steward the um, the children and your wife and your family that God's given you. And so. The attack on that is to create a thought process in a younger generation that, like, I don't have to take my dad seriously, Mm. I don't have to. You know, heed to his wisdom or his correction, or, um, or, be able to apply maybe a principle or wisdom that he may be speaking to me about. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it it, it the intention is to get it to where we don't see our dad as a serious thing, mm-hmm. like we see it as a joke. Mm. We see it as he's the the guy in the corner that's just watching a show and, you know, he provides for Mm. us and, and there's nothing more than that, Mm. unfortunately. Mm. And there's so much more Mm. when you see him as like a steward. Mm.
0: And and I think if you get treated like a joke enough, you could begin to act like one, but I don't Mm -hmm. think, I don't think that, uh, I think if, if men knew, like you, you mentioned to be a dad is to be. Steward. It's a res it's a responsibility. Yes. To to cultivate and and to grow, which leads into this next point, which is one responsibility of the dad. Last one, number ten. Here it is. Why don't you share it with us? Yeah,
1: the desire to fight is foundationally evil. Hmm.
0: The desire to fight is foundationally evil. What do you suppose that means?
1: Having the ability to create these moments of tension and release is frowned upon because it's looked at as like a hateful, yes. aggressive attack. I think it ties into some of the other ones we talked about earlier with like the capacity for violence and really the role of a warrior, Yes, which we'll get into.
0: Yes. The role of the warrior, which I think as fathers it's our responsibility to cultivate, but I have a son who's one years old. Yeah. And since he was maybe four to six months, the thing that he wanted to do more than anything was to have me like throw him around on the bed and like <laughs> wrestle him yeah. and, and, uh, to, you know, make him think that he's holding me down and then to flip him around and he just laugh as hard as he could. And now he's <laughs> one and a half. And what does he love to do? He loves, as soon as he goes, outside, he's going to find a stick and he's going to bring me a stick and he's going to say fight. Yeah. Fight. And he's going to go, he pointed me with a stick and go bad guy. <laughs>
1: so I'll be, the, I'll be the
0: bad guy and, and we'll fight. And it's not anything that I've, him Like yeah. I have a three-year-old girl, and that's not something that she necessarily wants to do. Yeah. But it's something that's on the inside of my little boy that I didn't put there, but now I'm going to cultivate it because why why does he want to fight? Because he's evil? No, he he looks and calls me the bad guy because he's practicing being a good guy. Mm. One day he knows deep down instinctively. Are you saying your one and a half year old knows this? I think so. Yeah. Deep down. That he's going to be a good guy who fights bad guys. Yes, amen. N- not a weak, passive man who has no capacity to protect. Yeah. And so even as I'm even as I'm leaving, you know, I'm I'm telling him at one and a half years old, you take care of mom and mom and sister. Mm. Take care of them. Fight the bad guys. He said like, yes, yes. And uh, and so why do we why do we do I encourage violence? I don't know. Potentially, I don't. Not necessarily to afflict or to dominate, but why, why, why would why would I encourage violence if I do? I would yeah. I would almost say I do have the capacity for violence. So like why do we have police officers at our church? Because they are people who have the capacity for violence. Mm. And when someone sees they have the capacity for violence, they decide, no, you know, this is a too hard of a target. Yes. Is is the capacity for violence is is for the sake of protection of women and children Mm. so the myth is the desire to fight is foundationally evil as in a boy or in a man but the desire to fight i believe is our foundational instinct to protect yes
1: i feel like to summarize all of these the lies are intentional assault attacks Mm. to get men to not operate the way god created them to operate and what's being amplified and highlighted are the negative traits of what happens when you're being either passive or too aggressive right um versus seeing the balance of it all Mm. like there's a balance in all of these that can be taken out of context Mm. and focused on the wrong side of it or the thought process can be no like we're meant to protect we're, we're meant to have responsibility. like all of these are rooted in truths that have been around since the beginning of time of how God naturally created us to be.
0: Hmm. What do you imagine
1: someone could do from this conversation? Yeah, I think it's evaluate how you've even interpreted okay. some of these things and and realize that um, we're not victims. Uh, we have the ability to operate in a healthy balance, and all of these these lies that we've talked about, and um, and it's choosing to take one step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we we can get overloaded with here's my ten tips or my five hacks or my morning routine or whatever mm-hmm. um, that you should follow in order to get better. And the reality is, is like it's the small things that impact the big things and like when I was losing, I lost 75 pounds like six or seven years ago and it started by making one choice. I'm just gonna drink water. Mm. And then when I got that under control, then it was okay, now I'm not gonna eat fast food. Mm. And then it was now I'm gonna eat a little healthier and now Mm. I'm gonna go on walks, now I'm gonna work out. And so it was these small little things that ended up impacting the larger thing. Mm. And so I would just figure out what is one area that you're really struggling in and choose to make one small effort in the right direction.
0: I think that this brought massive clarity. And I hope it brought yeah. massive clarity to, to you, the listener. So, so then w- what I would ask you to do is now let's take, while it's fresh, while you yeah. have this clarity, take massive action on it. And then articulate Like Zach said, what is one thing that I'm going to do to apply? Yes. And do it now. Like do right. it immediately. Which it may be uh, maybe Sign up, sign up for a class or I need to have a conversation with someone around this or I need to go ahead and articulate my values or
1: like I need to be a a better father Mm -hmm. or a better husband or a better brother, Mm -hmm. like choose whatever role you're primarily needing to operate in based on what you've identified
0: And then just do one little thing to to move in a positive direction. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining in on on today's episode. We had fun. Yes. We did the right thing. We (laughs) dove in and, uh, and I hope it added a tremendous value to you. So see you guys next time.
1: See you on the next one.
0: Thank you for investing in yourself with us. And if you feel like, hey, I found my tribe right now, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Also, you can go ahead and take your masculine role assessment. Or you can just find us on social media and Instagram at saints.crown. I hope to see you soon.